Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. I'm Danny, And I'm Jenna. Jenna, how are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. How are you doing? I'm great. We're finally diving into the Christmas of it all with our recap yes. of the Santa Claus movies. We're really diving headfirst into Tim Allen's filmography. Absolutely. <laughs> we really are. And um, he has that new series coming out, so this is going to get so us we're all gonna primed do, for... We're going to recap all three movies, Yes, and then we'll <laughs> ideally have a separate episode <laughs> talking about the series which is going to be on Disney Plus. It's called The Santa Clauses. And I do have to say, Jenna, I sent it to you. And you, <laughs> this is my favorite thing ever, you guys. So I sent it to Jenna. I was like, we're going to cover this series. And she's like, huh, it says it comes out in January. And I was like, wait, what? And you were convinced that The Santa Clauses series came out in January? Because I think you saw it was... Why did you think that? I think it was like an old release. They were like, oh, it's a press release from January. Okay, right, yeah. You know, I was just not thinking clearly but i thought that was really cool they're going off season i was like oh yeah that's a cool plot like what's it like when he's not santa like what's his spring like i'm into it that would actually be very interesting maybe season two yeah what's the north pole like oh my god i'm so interested yeah uh jenna before we dive into this tim allen movie which we have covered tim allen before we did christmas in the cranks or with the cranks Mm -hmm. did we do something else we did we did yeah we had our one and only guest alec gillis on who made the santa suit but we talked to you right more about the yeah, makeup and logistics and the actual follies of the movie. Right. So, If anyone hasn't listened to our interview with Alec Gillis, he's the one who created a lot of the designs of the Santa suit for the Santa Claus movies, mm-hmm. as well as the toy soldiers in part two and some other stuff. And I thought it was a great, and we're friends with that. We love Alec. Yeah, he's yeah. He's awesome. Brilliant, wonderful man. So listen to that. It was from season one-ish or two Two, or I think, maybe. Unclear. Yeah. yeah. Unclear. <laughs> uh, Jenna, we tell everyone about, this is very exciting news. Our dear Jenna Brister is writing a holiday movie. She wrote a holiday movie and it's starting filming today, Today, right? yes. Yeah, they started filming this morning out in Georgia uh, so where it's not so, um, they call it Christmas in September, but the real title is A Perfect Christmas Pairing. But because there's no snow in Georgia in September, um, there is one scene. This is what I was allowed. Um, one scene with snow and it's nighttime and you're looking at it from the inside of a house. And so it's going to be a Christmas miracle. I don't know. They're going to drop cotton balls or something uh, from outside the lodge. And I was like, that's fine with me. I don't dream. care. A dream come true. Yeah, it is. My first Christmas movie. I'm we excited. will let everyone know as soon as it airs. We don't know, yes. right, if it'll yeah. be airing this season or next season. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But as soon as we know, of course, we'll be covering it on the show and we'll be talking about it nonstop. We'll I'm so excited. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And uh, it feels um, right. 
It feels right. It does feel right, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm ready for this holiday season. Me too. Do you do? Me yeah. too. I've been in holiday mode all year, and so I feel like I'm just ready to start uh, kicking off the eggnog. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't drink eggnog, I'm ready to start boozing and having some gingerbread. They need to make a la- like a lactose-friendly I'm eggnog, sure like a coconog. They must. I've been really into this Starbucks oat milk pumpkin spice <gasps> creamer this year, yes. which I think is the first year that they've had it. It's oat milk, but it's the Starbucks pumpkin spice at home creamer. And I normally am very strict yeah. with my coffee mate. Like that's what I like. But the mm. oat milk, I think it's like a mix of oat and almond milk in it. Oh, yum. Cool. But nowadays they have every kind of fucking milk you can think of. They've, the, excuse they really my do. language. If you're new to this podcast, I do swear. So. Yes. Yeah. And we name names. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Jenna, okay, so let's talk about Santa Claus 1. Now, this movie came out in 1994. It's Tim Allen. I have a ton of trivia, but first, let's just let everyone know this is about Tim Allen. He's a dad, a single father. Mm -hmm. Santa Claus is on his roof at night. Santa Claus falls off the roof. And as legend has it, if you put on the coat, you become Santa Claus. It was the night before Christmas, and children were dreaming of the presents Santa would bring. Somebody's on the roof. But this Christmas Eve... Hey, you! The unthinkable happened. You killed him! Did not. Now, this night... If something should happen to me, put on my suit, the reindeer will know what to do. It's up to them... Let's go! ...to save the day. Together, Scott Kelvin and his son Charlie take on the biggest job in the world. Looking good, Dad! And though it has its dangers... Nice teeth. He thought it was just for one night. You're the new Santa. I am not Santa Claus. Ah. You put on the suit, you're the big guy. What if I don't buy into this Santa Claus thing? Then there would be millions of disappointed children around the world. He doesn't want the job. It was a dream. But it's growing on him. I've gained 45 pounds in a week. Now he's getting into the spirit. Ah! You're alive, kids that believe me. I want some ballet slippers. And getting ready for the biggest night of his life. How could I have done this without you, Charlie? You couldn't. Walt Disney presents a timeless tale that will warm your heart. I love you, Santa Claus. I love you, son. Lift your spirits and make you believe. You really are Santa Claus. Pretty cool, huh? Share the merriment and the magic. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Tim Allen. Santa. The Santa Claus. Yes, I guess in the original script, um, Tim Allen goes up there and he shoots Santa. <gasps> like he thinks he's a robber and he shoots him. And then it took a while and then Disney was like, no, we're not going to open on Tim Allen murdering Santa with a gun. I wish they would have. And that leads me to one of our trivia. Oh, yes. Because I found some trivia. And what I had found is that in the original cut of the film, mm-hmm. Santa Claus won. There's a moment where Santa Claus is, or Scott Calvin is mm. the name of Tim Allen's character. Mm. He has an ex-wife played by Wendy Crewson, I believe is the actress's name. She comes over to pick up Charlie on Christmas Day. That's right. And she says, here's Neil, who's Judge Reinhold's phone number, his mom's phone number. Okay, mm-hmm. that's kind of confusing, but it makes sense. Judge Reinhold's character's mom's phone number. <laughs> so in the original cut of the movie, the phone number... Tim Allen says, oh, is the number 1-800-SPANK-ME? 
Okay, so that aired in the original cut of the movie, and then after the movie went to home video, it was released as such on the first VHS release, so you can still see it if you have one of the VHS original releases of Santa Claus. But then there was a child in in Washington who called the number, and it was a working phone sex line. No. Yeah. And the child incurred a $400 fine. And they didn't then hang up. They the didn't kid was the kid was like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was also my hometown in Cleveland. A woman called the number because she had curious grandchildren, according to this theory or lore or whatever. And so there were multiple people calling up Disney and being like, hey, we're calling 1-800-SPANK-ME. Because <laughs> 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 it was in the movie. And it was uh, everyone's getting charged these funds and everything. So Disney bought the number. No. And then they removed it from subsequent releases. But you can find it on YouTube. The clip exists. And they took it out. You know, they're constantly editing. editing. So if you watch the movie on Disney+, Plus, you will not see this scene. But go to YouTube. It's still there as of this recording. I love that also Disney owns that number. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> I don't know if they the still maybe, I don't know if the statute of limitations rolled up on that or if they still yeah. own it. But that was something that happened. That's so... Man, that is so funny. I Although people try that because that is such a... A thing. It blows my mind that Disney wouldn't think of that. But that leads me to believe both your fact and my fact that the movie was originally supposed to be something more along the veins Darker. of a bad Santa, which we yes. know that Tim Allen was arrested for cocaine and he's like, has a troubled past. Not, well, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, he's got, uh, had some bump ins with the laws for mm-hmm. some bumps. <laughs> That's what, um, I read also that Disney has a strict no hiring ex cons rule and then they made an exception for him. And I was wow. like, Okay, cool. I'm sure there's other cons in Disney stuff, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I'm yeah. sure they have a troubled past. And you yeah. know that they can get stuff hidden, especially with Disney money. I feel like they can get all sorts of stuff hidden underneath the surface or to, so oh, that yeah. it doesn't get press. But it's interesting because Tim Allen was such a huge star back in the day. And yes. when this movie came out, it debuted at number one at the box office. And listen to this. Tim Allen had the number one movie, the number one book. He released a memoir or whatever. Oh. And he had the number one series with Home Improvement that week. Can you imagine? He was the only person in history to have all three number ones. At one time. And J-Lo famously had, not that they're the same, (laughs) but J-Lo famously had the number one, I believe it was single album and movie when Made in Manhattan came out and she had Love Don't Cost a Thing, that album. Wow. I think it was album and whatever. But so it is what it is. But Tim Allen back in 94. It was triple threat. Triple threat. And and knowing that we were covering this, I went back and watched some Home Improvement. Huh? Because of oh. it just joined Hulu. So oh, when it we is? said okay. we were doing this, I was like, you know what? Let me just see, get myself in the headspace of Tim Allen 94, mm-hmm. right? I wrote JTT a fan <sighs> letter that oh year. Oh and I was God. like, I, I was convinced that if he met me, he would like you me. You would be in love. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I yeah. had a secret gay crush on him, but I was closeted. But I remember looking at Home Improvement or whatever, and I was like, oh my God, I love that man. Yeah. Although I was a little more Devin Sawa than JTT. Mm. Like he was a little more my speed. From- but. He was from Casper. He played Casper. Yeah. In yeah. um, what was that? Uh, that one with the f- the four women. Rosie's in it. Oh, now and then. Now and then. Oh, yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, he wasn't he great in that yeah, too. He's so good. Yeah, he was so. When I was a he kid, was so I, he was like it to me. And Little Giants. Little Giants. That's the yes, one where it was like, box. okay, uh, yeah. Whatever happened to Ice Box? I don't know. We need okay. to find it for the pod. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, but I, so I got back in the headspace of home improvement and mm-hmm. I hadn't seen it in a while and I was sort of going into it expecting to hate it. Mm-hmm. And I just did a couple episodes. Here's the episodes that I did. I did the season three Christmas episode because I was like, let me get in the holiday space. And it's yeah. the one that I remembered most from my childhood because Mark, the youngest son, he's doing a school choir or he's doing a church choir thing. Mm-hmm. And him and his, the other choir people are spelling out the word Noel. Noel. And, and he spells it Leon. Like they're, <laughs> they're backwards on stage and he spells it Leon. And I always remember that like bit when I was a kid. Yeah. And so I watched that one. And then I watched the s- final season, which was season eight. I watched the one because JTT was only in two episodes of season eight at the beginning. And then he left because he went to school and he came back for the Christmas one that year. Okay. And so I watched that Christmas one and then I'd never seen the series finale. I don't think from what I could recall. And so I watched the series finale where Al gets married. So I did like a spattering of them and it did, it was funnier than I thought it would be. Yeah. There's a lot of like homophobic stuff, which is all the nineties things. But yeah, other than that, Jill's funny too. Jill's really funny. Who does Al marry? Heidi? No, it's like, no, it's sort of an awkward. Oh. Heidi had like very aggressive highlights, and I know it was like 99 when they did that, Mm -hmm. but she had very aggressive highlights. Chunky highlights. Chunky, like Kelly Clarkson on the Thankful album cover highlights. Like that's what was going on. But it was, it was funny, and I read. I know this is a Santa Claus. People are going to be pissed because I'm just <laughs> I was going to ask talk about Kelly Clarkson's single now. Oh, we'll get to that later. Yeah. We'll yeah. That. <laughs> um, but so uh, they wanted Disney and ABC wanted home improvement for a season nine. And they offered, according to IMDb, they offered Tim Allen 50 million <gasps> for the next season. They offered Jill played by Patricia Richardson. That's the wife. 25 million. And they still turned it down. Oh, wow. Because could, you're in 90. Could you ever turn down 50 million? No, no, I wouldn't. And that's why he did Santa Claus 3. And I don't understand, like, for a sitcom, I am of the opinion you just sit on that fucking sitcom set yes. until they knock you off. Because yes. it's the easiest work you can get as an actor. Like, not that it's still not hard, but they have, like, the best hours. Mm-hmm. You sit there until they fucking kick you off the air. Yeah. Because you're right. I think it's that idea that, you know, oh, there's something else bigger happening in the future. And it's like, no. Live in the now. Speaking of, I need to see what happened with Wilson. Wilson passed. Did he pass? He passed. Oh. Like shortly after actually the... the after the show ended? The show Feeny's ended. alive. I know. Yeah. I just heard Feeny's he- your neighbor. I think he lives around here. Oh my God, does he really? Yeah, because he had a home invasion. <gasps> yeah, but then I think they heard an alarm and left, but... Can you imagine doing a home invasion and you find Feeny in bed? He's just sitting on the couch. If I was Feeny's age and I had home invaders, I'd just be like, go do whatever you want. He's he's watching an old microfilm of home improvement. Just like, uh, you know. Take all my Boy Meets World memorabilia and get out. Exactly. Um, I heard him on, uh, they have a Boy Meets World podcast. Yes, And he was on it with his wife. I met them. Oh my god! At the Hollywood Improv, <gasps> I did a show with him. She's cool, she huh? She seems so cool. She's, she's so like cool. an old school actress. Oh, yeah. But she, I felt bad because Feeney is very up there in age, and she sort of had to talk for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, which understandably, he's uh, old. He shouldn't have to talk. Yeah. At that age, I want someone to talk for me, too. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. We're, we're getting off topic. If anyone's new to this podcast, it's season four, but we don't really stand up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so I read also, this was from IMDb, um, where all the good deep dives are done. That this was originally written for Bill Murray, but then he turned it down saying, like, this isn't my humor. Wow. Basically being like, this is not funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, Wait, so what was your experience with the first Santa Claus? Do you remember seeing it for the first time? Like, did you see it when it came out or was I this did. something you discovered later? Like, I saw it in the theater. 
with my siblings. And I remember really liking it because I was already saying a big Tim mm-hmm. Allen fan. You know, Home Improvement was appointment television. This is just a Home yeah. Improvement recap. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, it was which like Tuesday somebody's got to do that kind of work because I don't know if anyone's out there doing a Home Improvement recap, but we're here. We're here doing it. <laughs> yeah. <Front line. laughs> Tim Allen content all season long, <laughs> which is controversial because we got messages on the Instagram. People weren't happy. We're covering Tim Allen content. Yeah. Oh, did he, he get is, canceled? N- not, I mean, in no, the 90s. Not exactly. Yeah. I think he's like leans for more right in oh, terms of his okay, politics. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we're not getting into the political nature of Tim Allen for this podcast. We're no. just discussing the unhinged nature of the Santa Claus films. Of his so work choices. And, yeah. and to be honest, we're mostly going to be dragging them. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so he'll get his Like, deal. I wouldn't hook up with him. <laughs> Yeah, no. Like never. Although, wait. Okay, this is unpopular. I'm going to yeah. get canceled for this too. <laughs> I was watching the first one, re-watching it for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene on Christmas Eve when he's in his boxer shorts. And I did find him sort of sexy. Oh, okay. No, and, I'm into that. And I thought it was like a little risque for a Disney movie to be showing a dad just sort of in boxers in his underwear. And it was like showing a lot of leg. That's probably a holdover from the version that had him shooting someone, (laughs) shooting Santa, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that was his era. A lot of that, I mean. Yeah, and I guess they probably thought it was going to be Bill Murray originally. So they're like, let's get Bill Murray in boxers. But Mm -hmm. it's. I just auditioned for it to play a dad in a Disney Channel movie. Oh, you would crush it. I did not get it. (gasps) What? Okay. (laughs) But I thought it would. Yeah, they had like gay dads, which I was shocked because that's what's happening on Disney now. Good, which good. Good. Uh, but also I was like, oh my God, I'm a, shouldn't play a dad. Like, what is that about? <laughs> isn't it a it's weird thing? Yes. Yeah. It's a weird milestone, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and also it says like forties. I'm like, I'm not in my forties. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was so pissed, but then also I wanted it really bad. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I did find Tim Allen's thighs pretty sexy though. In yeah. a not, way that I'm not proud of by the second one, third one. No, I was not attracted to him. Mm-hmm. I thought judge Reinhold was kind of hot. Mm, interesting. Even in the sweaters. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And that says something about me that I'll unpack later on a different right. side. <laughs> we call that daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> on the drive, on the drive home. Um, okay. So wait, so you didn't, the first time you see this movie. Yeah. Take me back. I, I saw it at an AMC theater in Renton, Washington. And I remember thinking that like his family was giving him a lot of shit. Like he was like, you know, an absent father, whatever. But I remember being like, man, everyone needs to just chill out. Yeah. You know, in the words of Jack Frost in part three, yeah, <laughs> everybody chill, everybody chill. <laughs> oh, Jack Frost, which we'll get there. Oh yes. My God, we have so we'll get there. Talk there. Um, but but the, I really liked yeah, it. I liked it too. And I remember in 94, just being obsessed with it in a way that I was a movie junkie back then. And, obviously any sort of holiday stuff, even as a kid, I was like obsessed with. And Mm -hmm. this one to me, the first one, and I think we talked about this a little off air. I feel like it's grounded in a way that the other two aren't. And maybe it's, I think partly because we're not spending the majority of the film in the North pole. Whereas in the second two, we're in this sort of very fake North pole set, which I read is the same set they use for Christmas with the cranks. 
The North Pole? Yeah. Oh Isn't my that God. crazy? Another they film shared that sex. we covered. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. I know. Chills. Well, at a certain point, <laughs> I bet you Tim Allen's just like, I'm only working on this place. <laughs> right like, here. Just I'll walk over there. What's up, Jamie Lee? Put me in a Santa hat and throw a woman next to me and we'll do some Christmas shit. <laughs> exactly. I did like how he did stay close with his ex-wife. You know, they're, co- they're co-parenting, mm-hmm. you know, the best they can. And I remember in the third one, his, um, and Margaret, remember? Is, yeah. And Margaret and Alan are and show up in the third yeah and she's like oh wow isn't that threatening that he's so close with his ex-wife you know to her daughter i'm like gosh okay and margaret chill 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 in the words of jack frost jack frost but in that first one i do feel like it's grounded in the divorce and in a way that feels almost like an adult although the movie was made for kids mm-hmm. and then by the third one it's all these like looney tunes fart noises Foley art, and that's where I kind of lose it. And the first one, there is like this one moment where Rudolph's farts or whatever. He's yeah. like, or easy Rudolph, or he says some kind of like quip like that. Mm-hmm. And I had seen bloopers when I was watching that scene on YouTube, and there was like a lot of fart bloopers happening. And I feel like Tim Allen just had a fart machine or something on stage the yeah. whole shooting. Yeah. <laughs> but they really leaned into that during the second two. And I think in the second one, there's a lot of more, there's, really grounded romantical moments between him and Elizabeth Mitchell, who plays uh, Mrs. Claus. Mm -hmm. But then by the third, it's like fully cartoonish. Mm -hmm. And I think some of it works like the Martin short stuff works, but the first one just feels like a, a very grounded movie. Like a normal movie. Because right then the second one, when Elizabeth Mitchell shows up, she's Charlie's teen delinquent Charlie, which is like basically, you know, I love yeah. that they made him bad. Um, I know when he was like sneaking into the gym to spray paint or something. It's like, yeah, the real delinquents were like, you know, doing coke behind a dumpster of a Dunkin' Donuts. Like they weren't trying to painting the, paint lockers. the lockers. Yeah, and she was so ice cold. She reminded me of. Um, oh, I can see why she got the role of the villain on Lost. Did you see oh, Lost? Yeah, when she's like Lost. that, it's so, good. it's so good. But I was like, oh yeah, that's. I get it. Like she can dip into this like evil place, but then she meets, you, you know, Scott Calvin. Wait, you had told me that uh, they had also gone out to Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> yeah. They went out to Jennifer Love Hewitt, Zoe Saldana. And then who was the other one? And I can't imagine either of those two being able to play the toughness of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And also no. it just, that doesn't feel, and I know they did pair up Jennifer Love Hewitt with like Jackie Chan and Dana Carvey once, but <laughs> Mm-hmm. So she has had some kind of questionable male leads. Yeah. But I also can't picture her and Tim Allen as like a romantic lead couple. No. Yeah. That's probably why she turned it down. I bet it was like, no. She's like, I'm doing Garfield. <laughs> Fuck yeah. this to me. <laughs> Garfield. I got a Garfield franchise. I don't need the Santa Claus. Yeah. I do like that Santa Claus 2 started out with like a very clear arranged marriage vibe. They were like, okay. They just make up rules. They're like, Santa can't continue unless he's married. I'm like, okay, what is this? Like, Jenna, and that was the proposal scene was like, hey, so there's this rule. Yeah. (laughs) It's at the end of part two. Like, there's this rule that, like, I can't be Santa anymore. And then they're like, okay, let's get married. But it's like, that's fucked up. Like, she's just finding out. You guys went on like two dates. Two dates. And they weren't even real dates. Like, one of them was just sitting at her house. Yeah. And And then they were, I think the kids were volunteering. And so she was overseeing it. And this was the most intense reversal I've ever seen, where she went from like this hardened, you know, principal. All of a sudden she has a beanie on, sipping cocoa, and she's like flirt (laughs) laughing. I was like, wait, I'm sorry. This is Principal Newman? Like you're a hard ass. You just reamed everyone out inside the hallway. And that's one of my problems actually by the end of the third one. And I'm curious to see how the TV show does it. But by the end of the third one, I feel like all of the edge of 
Tim Allen's character and then all of the edge of even Elizabeth Mitchell's character in part two. Mm-hmm. By the third one, they're not the same characters. And I do understand there's growth and now they're in this world of Christmas or whatever. But I just wish they would have kept some of that hardness because it didn't feel like it was earned to me. Yeah. And I know that we're, it's talking about a Santa Claus movie, so it shouldn't need to be like the best script ever. But but you're right. But the, the fact that it all took place in the North Pole instead of her being a principal impregnated by Santa, I want to watch that movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like her like trying to lead an assembly when she's like, I have Santa's progeny inside me. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. buying maternity pantsuits. Because like that's the other thing too with Santa Claus 3. She moves to the North Pole pregnant. He's never met her parents. I'm like, oh my gosh, what kind of like Stockholm syndrome gaslighting is this? She's like, okay, I'm just going to get impregnated by this guy and move to the North Pole. And I don't even think they knew what they were doing with that character by the third one because (laughs) at the end of part two, the credits are like, Sort of not bloopery, but you know how at the end of movies they do like dancing where the character is just dancing for no reason. So they have at the end of part two over the credits, Elizabeth Mitchell's Mrs. Claus is now Mrs. Claus in the North Pole and she's dancing. They put her in a fat suit and she's doing very much of like what friends did with Monica, where it was just like Monica dancing in her fat suit, which there's nothing really like there's no joke there. It's just like, oh, look, this person wearing a fat suit and dancing. And it didn't make sense of like, why is and I know there's magic and Tim Allen, when he turned into Santa, he got the fat suit, mm-hmm. but it's like, well, so she's Mrs. Claus. So is Mrs. Claus just supposed to, and then by the third, they retcon that and they didn't have her in the fat suit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, they didn't even know what they were doing. They had no idea what they were doing. They were also, by the seat of their pants, um, which was hilarious. Uh, at the start of Santa Claus too, you know, Bernard, yes. the head oh, elf. I have so many thoughts about Bernard. Okay. When he comes up to him and gives him that watch, that basically is a countdown, um, that when it hits imagine. zero, he can't go back to the North Pole, and it's like a mojo death wish. And it's like, why would like why would you do that right. to your boss well, and a, your friend? A lot of Bernard. Okay, so let me just sit tight, everyone. Pull over if you're driving because I have a lot of thoughts <laughs> on Bernard. Now he was in the first movie, played by David Cromholtz. Yes. Now after the first movie, he was really a fan favorite in the first mm-hmm. movie. Everyone loved him. I remember as a kid, I loved Bernard. Right. He was great. The second movie, he comes back, and he's got like a number two elf, played by Spencer Breslin, who Abigail's Breslin's brother, mm-hmm. who I also have a lot of thoughts on, so sit tight, we'll get to him. Yes. But Bernard, for part three, as the story goes, he was on numbers. They wanted him back, but ultimately, they said it was a scheduling issue. And then more recently, David Cromholtz had said he was still going to do like a little part of it, but then he said it was like a mess and he didn't like what they did with the character or whatever. Mm. So then the series is announced and there's no Bernard announced. And people were already pissed about part three that there was no Bernard. Okay. Yeah. And then there was so much fan backlash, including myself, because I'm quoted in tweets. So no. there's, yeah, like, so on Yahoo News and like all these other ones, it's like the first teaser trailer was released or the first image of the cast was released. And it's like, I tweeted like, where's Bernard? You know, like I was real pissed about it. And so then all the news outlets were reporting fans upset that there's no Bernard. So then. Disney announced we're bringing Bernard back. David Cromholtz started filming after, I think they were largely done with the series. So I don't think he's even going to be in it much. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. We haven't seen it. 
But so I would just like to give myself basically all the credit for bringing Bernard back. I'll give you credit. There's a lot of tweets, but in every, most of the articles that are like fan responses, overwhelmingly negative because there's no Bernard in the cast photo. And And they say you as like, we got to get Crummles in here, right? Get him on the show. I know. I'm so interested in it because it is a fan favorite character and he looks crazy in the, in the little part that we have seen as of this recording of Bernard. He mm-hmm. looks crazy. And there's a weird thing with the elves in all of the movies that I want to talk to you about, which yeah. is that they're kids. So, A, I think this was a smart way to go, because if you look at some of the other Christmas movies, oftentimes they use little people in a way that feels so inappropriate and patronizing and all of the negative things. Yeah, And so I do think it was Exploiting. good that they were like, oh, let's use kids. And it also adds this like sort of fun, playful innocence to these scenes with the elves that I think is good. Mm-hmm. But where I think that's troublesome is with Bernard in the series. Is he going to be a child? Was he supposed to be a child as the head elf? Because he was, I think, an adult by the time he was filming part two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he so, definitely was. Right? Yeah. And then Spencer Breslin, it brings me back to him, who he played the elf number two, who took over for Bernard in part three. Mm-hmm. And by part three, he's a more grown man. And I did a deep dive on his Instagram where he's smoking cigs in every photo and drinking. No. And he's like, yeah, he's like J- having cigs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Disney hates that. And Abigail's in the third one, too. It's like an elf child. And her and Alan Arkin, that same year, right? We're both in oh, Little Miss right. Sunshine and Santa Claus 3. I wonder if they talked about it. Like oh they would God, go I, from set to set, being like, I hey. Put that together. Weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. Alan Arkin, what did you say about Alan Arkin? So he plays the in-law dad. Oh, yeah. The in-law. Um, Mrs. Claus's dad. And he, if you watch him, like, because he's an amazing actor. He's brilliant. But if you watch his behavior and the way he watches Martin Short, a.k.a. Jack Frost, Every time Martin Short's doing some wacky thing, Alan's just like staring at him. Like, oh I don't God, get you, you nutbag, you it's know? It's too good. I love it's Martin so Short great. so much. And oh, just the too. whole, I love the whole thing. Yeah. And he's I fantastic. mean, we'll, we'll get there. I don't want to get there quite yet. But Jack Frost does a Liza Minnelli Liberace number where he sings North Pole, North Pole, which we're going to have to talk about for at least 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. He's really funny in it. Um, okay. So I, I did my write my notes and I want to get back to this. So we talked about the reindeer and how like there's like a farting thing. And in the first one, there are these animatronic things. And by the end, they're very much leaning into just the cartoonish nature. The comet it's, eats too much candy. There's this other reindeer who has to take over named Chet. And it's like a weird reindeer. Uh, and he's like a, he's like a hyperactive reindeer that can only fly for like a minute and a half. But, uh, Scott Calvin has to like get to the North Pole to like use him, but anyway, the uh, the reindeer make these noises, and I think that the minions people owe the Santa Claus people money because they're very much the same. Like they're doing the minions sort of speak in a way that was way predated the minions. Oh, so those okay. little yellow guys owe those. Are running because the reindeer walked. The reindeer walked. Yeah, <laughs> so the minions could fly. Ironically, exactly. Exactly. So I think watch the reindeer, the evolution of them. And, and I wonder the logistics of that, of like, oh, these, re- let's, let's add in sound effects and farts and let make the reindeer eat a bunch of candy. Yeah. It went really off the rails, especially in the third one too, where when he's digging around for, I think a snowboard for Charlie in his, you know, big velvet oh, right. present sack or whatever. And it's just, it's crazy. It's like so locomotive sound sounds, effects, a right. slinky, you know, a horn. And the second one, 
is grounded in certain scenes. And I think the second one has like the best scenes of the series, but I don't think it's the best overall movie because there's a, the Molly Shannon scene, which is so hysterical. They just sort of let her run loose as anyone should. Yeah. And she does this Shania Twain esque parody song, which is so funny on their first date. That was his first date since. Yeah. I think his ex-wife, Judge Reinhold set him up. With yeah. someone? Is that what it is or no? Yeah, and there, I'm, I'm getting it mixed up in my head because when I was looking at the YouTube stuff, there was a deleted scene of him on a bunch of dates. So it was originally Ooh. supposed to be like a montage, but then they just played the Molly Shannon. Oh. They were like, this is too good. Just play this one yeah. all the way through. Yeah. Use whatever footage we have. Yeah. Uh, so she's so funny. And then with, with the principal, Elizabeth Mitchell, there's those scenes when she takes him to the teacher Christmas party Mm -hmm. and it's so beautiful. And I think it's stunningly shot when they're in the street, kind of um, very romantic and it does, it feels very grounded those scenes. Yeah. And even the, when the character gives these toys to the teachers in the teacher's lounge, there's a nice beauty to all of that. Yeah. And, And then they just sort of, bypass it and by the third one there's not a whole lot of that kind of stuff it's like they're like this is just for three-year-old kids now yeah it's all elf stuff like the elf con elf movie elf level five i'm like i don't know what any of this means or they have in the third one there's like a red bull parody where it's like um i don't know they have a red bull station but it's like uh not red bull it's something else like deer bowl or something yeah deer bowl and that's oh yeah that's the the secret door to get to the snow globe area that again i was like what yeah it got so fucking batshit and the thing that i don't understand is why didn't they just grow with the audience and maybe they realized like oh the audience won't go see it that liked the first one but it seemed like instead of going to just go after the young kids they should have gone after the people who liked the first one yeah because whatever happened to Charlie, the kid? Well, he was in the third. You mean in real life? I yeah. looked him up too. Yeah, what happened? He's like a music guy now. Oh. I've t- I think I've told my Charlie story on this podcast. <laughs> I've told it somewhere, but I'm going to repeat it. So my friend Mike and I, my friend Mike, who's like this big famous country music director now, he and I, we've known each other since we were kids, but he moved out to LA in high school for a couple of years. And then he came back to Ohio and then he moved back out here again. And then I, I actually lived with him when I first moved to Los Angeles. Now he lives in Nashville with his wife. But we were obsessed with the Santa Claus movies. And we went and saw the second one together with a group of friends. And I remember Mike and I were like, so we thought it was so good. Anyway, when Mike had moved out here, he was at a party with Charlie. And he called me on the phone with Charlie. Oh, my gosh. Because, you know, the weird thing about L.A. for people who aren't from here is, like, you can just be somewhere and randomly to be, like, Charlie from the Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a normal person. It was, like, the biggest deal to me was, like, oh, my God, I was on the phone with Charlie. Yeah. It was crazy. I bet he's cute now. Did he's he turn not. Out? He's not? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, he's, he just, yeah, he's, I mean, he's he didn't fine. age well. He's not like, he does not look awful, but he's not like, he's like a hot. Eric Lloyd is his name, if you look. Oh, him. okay. I was, this is also so sick. I was just on Instagram last night. I'm like, <laughs> Eric Lloyd, Spencer Breslin. Yeah, <laughs> look at all these, like, <laughs> these child actors up. Oh, my God. And oh, one of the things I found in my research was a tweet. Since we're on Santa Claus 2, since we're talking about that right now, oh, yeah. can I read you a tweet from someone, yes. uh, Tyler Mason, 21, on Twitter said, <laughs> this doesn't really have to do with the plot of the movie, but it made me laugh so hard. Yeah. So Tyler Mason said, saw the most bizarre thing in someone's security screening bin at the airport this morning. 
a DVD of the Santa Claus 2. (laughs) (laughs) And I just love the idea of, yeah, somebody at the airport just like having to take out their DVD of Santa Claus 2. Yeah, and putting it in its own bin as if it's going to short circuit, right? (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. I also um, love that scene when Tim Allen and Elizabeth Mitchell, the principal, are walking through the snow. It's at that like teen volunteering thing. And Tim Allen knows this toddler's name is Pamela. He's like, oh yeah, what do you want, Pamela? And he gets down on one knee. And I'm like, okay, good. Here's this scene, you know, where he like is good with children. And she's watching. And I was like, how hilarious that the kid's name's Pamela. Because like how many (laughs) how many kids how many kids do you know named Pamela now? Yeah. I don't think I know know any any named Pams. No, I don't. I know older Pams. I don't know any younger Pams. I feel like every Pam was like a college student in the eighties. Yes. Like, that's yeah. like a big hair band, Pam. Yeah. Um, you speaking of that scene in the first one, there's sort of a similar scene. And this goes back to that point about them losing the edge over mm. the course of them. Because in the first movie he's walking after he's become Santa, it's, he's sort of newly Santa and the kids are looking at him out on the street and he's like, Oh, Donna, nice list. And then, yes. and then he runs into this older woman, Veronica, who's like wearing a skirt and he's like, Veronica, very nice. And she's like, in your dreams. And it's yes. like, that's part of from the leftover script that was originally for Bill Murray. Yes. Yeah. The streetwalker. Yeah. yeah. I want to read the original version. We have to track it. It's just like down. homicide. We have to <laughs> and, track like it sex down. jokes. Okay. I'm going to try to track it down. <laughs> We're going to do a live reading here when we track it down. Oh my God. Someone's got to have it. We got to be able to find it. it. Yeah. I know some people at Disney HQ. So do you. Okay. We'll go we'll, into the vault. This is an all call. If anyone has access to the vault, Jenna, hold that thought. We got to take a quick break here. We'll be back with much more after this commercial break. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm looking at my notes. I also had one more home improvement thing that I got to oh, yeah. put out. So yeah. in, the fir- in the third movie, it opens with the Tim Allen grunt. and in my home improvement research i learned that towards the end of the series he stopped grunting because it hurt his vocal cords too much oh my gosh they couldn't just dub it they were like (laughs) no we need the real thing like they were writing in too many of his grunts so by the end he just refused to do them he's like guys this hurts me this was i used to see al borland around um, he's from Seattle and I would see him on like ferry boats and stuff back in the nineties. Like guys, there's, there's Al Borland and he's just living his life. Do you think the actor, the real, per, the real Tim Allen, who I also saw sleeping at the Arclight cinema once, what? I saw, in- he was like sleeping outside. Anyway, oh. But do you think that 
he, so he said, I'm not going to grunt anymore. If you were in his shoes and you were making 50 million a season, Mm -hmm. would you have these demands like that where you'd be like, I'm not grunting or would you just do whatever they said? I would just do it and get a vocal coach. (laughs) <laughs> and drink honey tea in the mornings. I wonder if Jill was mad that she made half. Then again, I get it. He is the lead. But she was really, you know, I know. as she far was, as like part I of know. a comedy duo. I know. And I feel like JTT, I don't know what they were paying him, but he was also such a draw, allure to the kids. Like, I feel like that's largely why people like you and I were tuning in. Oh, yeah. Sex me. appeal. Yeah. Yeah. Sex appeal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, he's hot. <laughs> For sure. And I know we said we're not going to talk politics, but I do. I did look up Patricia Richardson and mm-hmm. played Jill. Yeah the mom and she is very left leaning. And I wondered there's, she's still close though with Tim Allen. Like they've, they did a reunion for entertainment weekly a handful of years back. And so I wonder if that ever got troublesome during the, 2016 election. If they're, oh yeah, totally relationship had trouble. I don't know. I don't know. But they did a reunion. And then also, I'm sorry, we basically made this a home improvement. (laughs) I'm not mad about it. But okay, wait. So they also, uh, there was sort of, um, Tim Allen did a show called Last Man Standing, which was a sitcom I never watched. Originally it was on ABC, then it moved to Fox. And Tim Allen's character from Home Improvement showed up on Last Man Standing. So he like acted against himself, right? No. Like green screen or something. Patricia Richardson showed up too. And JTT showed up on Last Man Standing. Oh. And I think he, JTT like directed a couple episodes. Oh, I'm watching this tonight. Oh, that's so cool. So he's back in. My dad liked it, so I've never watched it because my dad always has terrible tastes in sitcoms. Oh, yeah. Like a two and I have some relatives like that. They're Uh, like about two and a half men. They're like, hey, the kid needs a girlfriend. Why don't you get on that show? I'm like, oh, because it's that easy. You just have to pick which show you want to be on. I know. Two and a half (laughs) men and Mike and Molly were like the banes of my existence during the years they were on because it was like every time I'd call my parents, that's all they would talk about. Dan, did you watch Two and a Half Men? Did you watch Mike and Molly? That, they're always, Mike's always getting into mischief. And my dad's like, you got to watch it. It's so good, Dan. I don't think I've <laughs> so seen a terrible. single episode. It's terrible. Yeah. I did. I think I've seen a Mike and Molly episode. And I might have told you this story. I do believe that I casted Melissa McCarthy on there because she was at the Groundlings and I knew the guy who was doing casting for it what? back in the day. And they were looking for someone like that. And I, I remember telling this guy, he was like the assistant of the casting director. I was like, have you heard of this Melissa McCarthy? Because remember, we went to Groundlings. Yeah, yes, Danny. Oh my gosh. So I believe, I and I'm maybe taking too much credit, but I, in my head. <laughs> yeah. She's also kind of your neighbor. Is she? Yeah. Oh my god! Wait, uh, I have like I the star map at brain. <laughs> like, can I tell you what I hate about Melissa McCarthy? Yeah, and of course. she's obviously so brilliant, and this stays between all of us here yes. on the podcast. But I hate that she always is putting the husband and everything mm-hmm. because we just watched everything that she does with the husband is terrible. Agreed. Terrible. Oh. It's like her worst stuff is always the ones that she does where he wrote it. Like he wrote all those bad movies she's done mm-hmm. that Tammy. are terrible. And then there was just one on Netflix with like, a, she played oh. a superhero and there was like another one. Unwatchable. She, I turned it off. They were all, they're all so bad. Thunders, don't, like yeah, Thunder like Squad or something like that. I don't know. But we watched Thor, the newest Thor movie. Okay. How is it? It's not good. Okay. <laughs> but there's these cameos where, okay, let me try to explain this. So in Asgard, which is where the Thor is from, in the last Thor movie, they had these cameos where it was Matt Damon and Chris Hemsworth's older brother playing Thor and Loki in the stage production. It was like this cameo. So in the newest one, Melissa McCarthy plays the character who was Kate Blanchett in the last Thor. Okay, did that make any sense? Yeah. Okay, so Melissa McCarthy has a cameo in Thor. 
And I'm like, oh, this is cute. And you're thinking it's cute. And then in walks the husband, too. And I'm like, this has got to end. Yeah. I, I'm going to get sick over it. Ben Falcone. Every time I got a, I'm excited to see her. And then I, it like, it's all ruined when he strolls on in a scene. And I'm like, how is he in Thor? Like, I understand the other cameos. <laughs> We're getting Matt Damon, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. We're getting like popular actors. And then there's only one thing that I could think of is that fact that Melissa would have said, you need to also put my husband in this. Like, mm-hmm. I, cause I can't imagine Marvel and Disney. Oh, yeah. They'd be like, oh yeah. Can we also get a cameo from him? Yeah. An, an aging non-star, please. Yeah. And the other ones, the whole idea of the cameos, like they're these big stars showing up for one quick little scene. Yeah. And his is just like a role. So his isn't when it considered a celebrity cameo, it's just, but he's there. And I'm like, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I can't like stop it. Somebody needs to step in. Yeah. And that's how I feel too about the new, I've not seen the new little mermaid, but like people if like, he shows up in it. Oh my gosh. Right. Is uh, my flotsam and jetsam. I wonder if he is. Cause that's he the other thing too. People are giving so much shit about Ariel. I'm like, guys, she's, she looks amazing. Um, she, but then Melissa is so Ursula. Good. And I'm like, oh, instead yeah. of getting like a singer, cause poor unfortunate souls is such, such a vibe. Song. I know. I know. I don't know. And we're we going to get a bed. I guarantee now that we said it, bonus. we're oh, going to get ben, ben Falcone or what's his name in there. I'm oh, sure yeah. he's a nice man, but I can't stand when he shows up in there. I yeah. can't wait for the little mermaid. And I think she sounds so good, but the, my one sort of complaint or whatever is that every single one of those live action movies are terrible. Yeah. Like there's not been a painfully, the, the best one is still terrible. <sighs> like I think Aladdin was like, I would say it was the best-ish one. Yeah. And it's still bad. Yeah. It's terrible. I don't painful. know why they don't just re-release the originals. I'm like, please put Aladdin back in the theaters. I will go. I will right. go two times. The scary part for me, the thing <laughs> yeah, that keeps me gonna, up at night. The thing that keeps me up at night, yes. <laughs> is that I have these nieces and nephews, and it's like the movie, they want to see the new ones because they're new, right? Mm-hmm. And the I want to see the original, and I get worried. I'm like, the the new ones cannot become the thing. Like they can't, I don't want the youths to not know the animated versions. Yes. Um, you know how I have this Mrs. Doubtfire phone case. Yeah. Um, some people ask me if this is Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <gasps> I know. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that I'm picture sorry. does sort of look like her. Kinda does. <laughs> yeah. Cause the, yeah. Cause the pose and the hair and the thing, <laughs> but I, I was like, Oh, if you're not seeing Mrs. There's a lot of people who are you know born after the year two thousand? I guess right, at post nine eleven births yeah. who have not seen it's Doubtfire. So sad. It's so sad. Yeah, it now, is weird. I'm not, I can't stop thinking about this now. I'm worried, Melissa McCarthy. I'm worried about her <laughs> singing "Poor Unfortunate Souls" with Ben Falcone. Do you, want, do you want me to check and see if it is no, IMDb? No, don't you? I, <laughs> I don't want to ruin I, your day. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm going to get ruined. The one thing that I, I'm happy about though is that at least with that one, I think visually it could be interesting because they're underwater. So yeah, but I still every one of them is bad. They're all bad. Oh, yeah. The Beauty and the Beast one was bad. My Emma, old boss produced that one. Emma Watson can't sing for shit. God bless her. Oh, no. Gorgeous yeah. gal. Love her. But <sighs> she cannot sing when she was singing. I was like, somebody needs to dub that. Get a singer in here. And yes. the fact that you, <sighs> of all the people, you can't get a singer. Because anyway. there's a lot of singers out there. Like, I would never be cast as X. I cannot sing. That's actually one of my major flaws. I cannot yeah, say. That's one of my. Um, okay. So wait, back to the Santa Claus. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, have, I do have one more trivia fact for everybody. Cause oh, yeah. The, I have some more on Santa Claus 3. Are we on 3? We're talking about. Um, we're kind of on everything so, well, right this, now. Yeah, we're talking about them all, but this is actually something that r- relates to all of them. And uh, the second one, mm-hmm. before it was released, there was a teaser trailer. I think it was attached to 102 Dalmatians. Okay. Which, speaking of, the dog goes back to live action Disney yeah. movies. And actually, the first Glenn Close 
Cruella Deville. That was good too. Yeah, but that was like a different era of the live action. And Glenn Close, and she's so good. But anyway, so the attached to that movie was a teaser trailer because Santa Claus Two was just announced. Tim Allen had uh, shot this little thing, and there's not footage from the new movie, but it's Tim Allen, and there's this sort of like cartoonish thing with narration saying the Santa Claus is returning, and they recap the first movie, and then Tim Allen, you see him holding a snow globe, but he's just in looking like Tim Allen, not the Santa Claus. And at the end of it, the original version of it, it says Santa Claus 2, the escape clause coming November November of 2001 or something. Now, the movie ended up coming a year later, and the subtitle was not the subtitle for Part 2. The Escape Clause subtitle was used for Part 3. But in the initial teaser announcement, which you can watch, there's two versions of it on YouTube. The original version with the Escape Clause subtitle never ended up happening. So I that leads me to believe, was the plot of Part 3 intended originally for Part 2? And they changed it, or did they just really like that title and decide to go with something else? That's so true. There's so much happening behind closed doors. <laughs> we need to blow these doors open. Blow um, That's what we're here for. Also, the start of um, part three when she's um, like going into labor, you know, they're rushing her around, and everything. It gave me a flashback to Fred Claus that we covered, where right. there was a cold open where Mrs. Claus is giving birth to another Santa family member. And I thought it was so weird. Why is that such a thing? At the end of part three, the kid's name, the Santa Claus's kid's name, they named him Buddy. Yeah. And I think Elf with Will Ferrell had come out before this, and it was weird to me that they are like, oh, let's name him Buddy. Was that part of the lore of the Santa? Is that they have a Buddy character? Good question, because they do bring up this thing. I think, wait, New Bernard, who's that, the Spencer Breslin character? He's like, it's in the Santa book. All of a sudden, they just have a Santa book in the second one that has all the lore laid out. I was like, that's convenient. They're playing fast and loose with those rules. (laughs) Because also in the second one, remember, they had to show the business card, Mm -hmm. and they had to do like a zoom in with the magnifying glass to show the little thing for the Mrs. Claus. But now in part three, they've got a fucking book. What's the truth? What's the truth? Also, can we talk about the League of, what is it, a mystical characters? What's yes, the, please. Of the legendary characters. Please. Okay, so there's Tooth Fairy, Aisha Tyler's in it. Right. Then there's Father Time, Peter Cupid, Boyle. The Cupid, same. who's uh, Kevin, um, what's his name? Oh, uh, yeah. Kevin Nealon, but I he's, don't know. Some he's guy so funny. you recognize. If you, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Sandman, who I had to Google. I was like, is there some sort of legend about the Sandman that is falling asleep? Yeah, well, he, that's a legend, Yeah, yeah. I I didn't know that. Right. Is that commonplace? Am I just in the dark? I mean, I, I think it's a thing. I sort of remembered, I, but I don't. Uh, all of it is a little weird. And in the second one, Jack Frost isn't part of that. Yeah, but then he is technically considered part of that in the third one, right? That's right. They're like, oh, if you came to the meetings, <laughs> it's like, oh what? yeah, meetings, that's how they yeah, that. yeah, that he's just been off doing stuff. Okay, For, like I felt like Martin Short was in his own movie. Yeah. He was, he always this is. was, yeah, <laughs> good point. It was like, oh no, this is hilarious. It was giving me Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. He was giving us something else. I didn't, I liked it, but I was yeah. like, oh, this is not anything to do with the Santa Claus he movies. Just had a <laughs> like he should have just had a, yes. and what I don't like yes. about that league thing is I didn't think the league thing worked really well in part two, but it was like kind of maybe a little cute when you first saw him in part two. And then they leaned into it more for part three. And I'm like, I don't think we needed more of them. No. 
Because they didn't make it more complicated. I think they all just needed to vote on something. Yeah, it just got too, it got too complicated. Yeah. I think that's what happens with three quals or trilogies where you're like, I don't know. Yeah, they were what just, are we doing? They, I don't think they right? knew what they were doing for part three. And there was a good musical number. And when I was looking on Twitter to see people, like what people were saying, and I found that funny tweet about part two, people were also complaining that Martin Short's version of North Pole, North Pole, which was a parody of New York, New York by Liza Minnelli. People were complaining that that's not on Spotify. <laughs> so funny. Thinking, oh my God, people <laughs> need that. You need to put that on a Spotify. Like I, now I need that on a Christmas playlist. Yeah. Which I have on Spotify. Look up an iconic Christmas playlist. It's there. So good. Uh, we need to put, somehow I need to get that version on there. Yeah. It's, it's good. But he's like vamping it up. Mm-hmm. His costuming is really crazy. I wonder if Alec did any of Jack Frost. I wonder. Stuff. Let's ask him. ask him. But it's it's very the interesting. The hair is crazy. Also, so the bad, remember the Botox Santa, the guy who plays the bad, um, Scott Calvin, you know, the guy with the huge mask. Oh, the in part two? Yeah. Yeah, like the toy who robot is version. It's a person in... Right? It's him acting with the thing on. Oh, I don't know. I don't because like it's like I think when he goes back to Earth to find a wife, he has a replacement guy with that big plastic like a mask on. Fascist like, leader. Who is in there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like who? Crazy. I mean, there's some sort of suit performer who's uncredited for wearing that thing. See, I just thought it was Tim Allen with like, oh. makeup on, but maybe that, but he hated that, that. didn't make sense. Yeah, because that was his thing for the first one. He like hated getting the makeup on. I wouldn't do it. Oh. I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, the funny thing was, remember when he was first dating, back to two, back to part two, um, We're really all the principal, the <laughs> and she was like, every time she saw him, he was like 20 pounds thinner, and she just kept commenting on it. She's like, wow, you know, you lost a lot of weight. Yeah. I like the idea that he just missed what one day of meals in the North pole and he loses 20 pounds. He explained Uh, it one time to her, like uh, he's been drinking a lot of tea. Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. And also do in part three, they had to drug up her parents to get to the North pole, which was so funny to me because you just see Alan Arkin and Anne Margaret who don't, I don't think they really knew what movies they were in. No but they're just drugged up in a sleigh to get them to the North Pole. And then they think it's just like a toy factory or something. Or in, in Canada. Canada. Yeah. yeah. That's the only way to get <laughs> to convince them to go there and say it's Canada. And then um, when Martin Short um, makes those Coco Chinos and then he like tries to seduce Anne Margaret, he like brings them over and then he's like making some comment about like Jack Frost, like nips your nose or whatever. He's like, I'd like to nip your nose and gives her like a boob look. And I was like, what is happening? That was probably left over from part one. <laughs> exactly. The yeah. There's some weird exec in the wings. She, I will say Anne Margaret looks phenomenal in that. She I mean, does. she's, I don't know what, she's how great. old she was in that moment. 90. But she looks phenomenal. She does. And she's still alive. I looked her up too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Still going. She doesn't act a whole ton, but yeah, but it's yeah. beautiful voice. And she sings in part three also. They get some good musical numbers in in Santa Claus 3. But the thing that bothered me, though, I shouldn't say bothered, but it did bother me. The fact that Elizabeth Mitchell's character, Carol, in the second one, is so tough as a principal or whatever, I was imagining like what her parents must be like. But then the parents show up in part two, and they're Alan Ark and Anne Margaret. I just don't feel like they produced the version of Carol that was in part two. Yeah. Not at all. And Alan Arkin at one point looks at her when she needs to give birth and they just have that weird janky room in the North Pole where they're going to, you know, the kids give birth. Deliver it. Yeah, the child doctor. And Alan Arkin gets in Elizabeth's face and he's like, are you being held here against your will? It was so like, almost, I feel like it may was improvised. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I wonder how much improv was on set. Yeah. There's uh, so much. And the uh, 
music, right? We keep going back to the music and I think the score is really beautiful. And I, I always say this, but I feel like that's an underrated element of like a lot of classic movies that people don't always recognize. Like if you look at home alone, the score is so robust mm-hmm. and brilliant. Even and Christmas vacation Christmas has vacation, really good music or the yeah. holiday, which we're going to try yes. to cover this year. We yes. don't know if we will, but uh, that score is beautiful. And I think movies end up, feeling much cheaper when they don't have a robust score like that. And the, mm-hmm. the movies really do. And then they also have these like classics. Although in the first Santa Claus movie, they play the same song over and over again. It's like got six cues. They play that six, like for something different times. <sighs> it's like, they keep using that same musical cue. And I was like, you guys need to cool it. You use that one. Too, too many times. Yeah. And they played the Chipmunk song in the first movie. That's right. Which I had the cassette when I was a kid, and I was like obsessed with that oh, song. Did you like I the Chipmunks? I love the Chipmunks, yes. I just watched Chipwreck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Not in a long time. I watched one. I think I watched one of them, like those live action ones, because I was, I don't the know. The Chip and Dale? I was just that home. Was no, I liked that movie, that too. But good. no, the, the Alvin and the Chipmunks live action ones. Was it, wasn't it Andy Samberg also? No, no. Oh, no. David Cross was in it. Oh, okay. David Cross. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Lee was like Dave Seville. Yeah. I watched, I don't even know which one it was, but I was, it was on HBO or something. I was like scrolling through. I was like, oh, I've never seen this. Yeah. And it was terrible. Um, another thing from part three, the niece oh, so you're becomes not interested in talking oh, yeah. about Alvin and the Chipmunks shipwrecks. Yeah, <laughs> that's our, our bonus episode. Okay. Um, so he has that what his ex wife's they has a kid with Judge Reinhold, right? Lily, yeah, Lily, the redhead, the redhead. yeah, and who was also in Cheaper by the Dozen, yeah, I believe. And so all of a sudden in the third one, he's like uncle of the year you know and it made me miss like okay if you were like this with charlie he wouldn't have turned out to be such a you know bad boy yeah exactly we're i don't know i thought that was interesting interesting choice we're like okay maybe it's just redemption yeah you know i don't know i think i had a problem with that too because i felt like they just wanted a precocious cute kid and Mm -hmm. like the spencer breslin elf got too old charlie got too old they were like we need a cute kid Mm -hmm. so let's have this redhead take over and then it was like it didn't really make any sense she had such a large part of the third movie and Mm -hmm. i was like who is she yeah i feel like we just got to know her a little bit in part two yeah totally and that her parents you know the ex-wife and judge reinhold like had nothing else going on for the holidays that they wanted to just come to the north pole uninvited and she's like due to give birth and wasn't she okay i might be getting this wrong but i think the ex-wife was in that lesbian movie bound Oh, I never saw it. <laughs> it was like a pretty f- legendary, uh, famous. I'm going to try to look this up. Oh, wait, no, she came out as gay. She's gay in real life. Maybe that. Did I think she was inbound? The who was inbound? There was someone who's inbound. She was in a bunch of stuff. Anyway, it was maybe in another. Made that <laughs> but oh, yeah, she, she did, a, according to this article I'm reading, she did come out as gay. So oh, yeah. Her. Welcome. Yeah. Oh, my God. Look at this article. Wendy Crewson came out as gay after two decades long. Married life. Oh, well, good for her. You learn something new every day. Oh, yeah. So I wonder what's Spencer. Can Bresley. I tell you? So, wait, can I tell yeah. you something? Since we're going on, on and on about Wendy Crewson. Yeah. I found her on Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I had said earlier, I found Patricia Rich- Richardson who played Jill. And there's something sad to me about these women who have given us so much throughout the years, these character actresses. And they only have 3,000 followers on Instagram, social media. And it's just like, man, 
I don't know. It makes me. I feel like everyone should follow him. Yeah, <laughs> we. I want. She would be so good in like a book club too. Yeah, or three. Like, uh, she's these, funny. And these are just like these hardworking actresses who have mm-hmm. survived in this horribly misogynistic industry like for so Liefer. many decades. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love Carol they're Liefer. just around and around and kicking ass and not always getting like these big roles. And I'm like, I wish at le- very least they would be like influencers. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, I wish they would have like at least like 300,000 followers and like some spawn con. Yeah. Or like a, they deserve like some sort of like Yankee candle line or something. Right, anything. Like Patricia Coming Richardson home. deserves some sort of home goods sponsorship mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, yeah. Wendy Crewson, she needs to be promoting her own line of wine or something. Yes. They just, that's what I'm they into deserve. that. That's what they deserve. Yeah. Uh, anything else that we haven't talked about? We talked about the music. Anything from the Santa Claus films? I think part two has my favorite scenes. Part one is my yes. overall favorite. And part three, I just can't get behind. And I wonder if young kids who grew up with that part three really like it. Because I didn't grow up with it. I think I was in college or something by the time that one came out. And so I didn't even see it until... Probably I watched it for the first time. I think maybe last year, the year before, I had put it on. Yeah. But this was the first time I really like sat and watched it. And it feels very like handmaids. Like yeah. Mrs. Claus is not happy. Remember in the opening scene, she's like going around, ignoring him, like cleaning up. And then, oh yeah, this is messed up. When he's like, oh, well, you're here with all your family. And she was like, taller family. And he's like, shames the elves. Wait, I'm just having this like a huge <laughs> aha moment realization. Jenna, wait. I feel like all the blood just left my face. Okay. In part one, the Santa falls off the roof. Okay. Yeah. And disappears. A, what happened to him? His body. Yeah, what happened to his body? The body just disappeared. Oh, that's weird. B, if one of the clauses was you only get to be Santa if there's a Mrs. Claus, what the fuck happened to Mrs. Claus? Like, do, do, do these people just like go to the North Pole, spend their lives in service, and then... All of a sudden, some other dude puts on this suit jacket, and then they just disappear back to their old lives, but they hadn't been in their old lives forever. So, like, what the fuck? Yeah, and you're right. There is something that was in, I think, two and three had pictures of older Santas on his bedroom wall. Also weird. Oh, my God. Can you imagine falling asleep, and there's, like, pictures of, like, oh, yeah, there's, like, Santas of other generations. Of yore. Of yore. Which I think they also had their snow globes in that scene. It's, like, all the other Santas. But you're right. There would have been a Mrs. Claus. Where did she go? Yeah. Did they and, kill her? And, I mean, maybe that'll be explored in the new series. I hope so. But oh, like yeah. what happens to the old Santa when he just disappeared after falling off the roof? And it, <gasps> the trailer for the part three leads me to believe that he's retiring, right? Like that's the whole part of the plot of the new series. Yeah. But the guy in the first one wasn't retiring. He just fell off the fucking roof. I think you need to tweet it. And they we make them answer it. Okay, you yeah. should tweet it. They'll pick it up. Seriously. <laughs> okay, like, okay guys, we're back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This up. So I, I think that leads us to, which we're going to cover the series, but that leads us to this trailer that was released for the new series. Now the new series is called the Santa Clauses. Mm-hmm. As of this recording, we've only seen that teaser trailer, which shows Tim Allen's character saying to all these people that uh, he is thinking about retiring and then he sits down with Peyton. Is it Peyton Manning? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a football yeah. player. Yeah. Which I, sh- I don't really know. Yeah. Much Peyton about Manning. And, he, and, Peyton so Manning. and it's like very jokey. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of thoughts on this. The first is that Tim Allen looks like the fascist leader version of him <laughs> in the second one. Like that's the look they gave him. So they need to figure that out. Yeah. 
Um, it's the white hair. I don't know why they're doing the Peyton Manning thing. And I hope that they don't leave it into the elves of it all. 100%. I just, it seems so odd. I want to tell Peyton and also Tom, I think Tom got like some sort of movie deal. I'm sure he's going to be oh, in yeah, these he's too. Like doing, Tom Brady's like, doing a bunch of movies. This is why Giselle's so mad at him. You see this whole thing where she's just like, dude, what's your deal? You're back in the NFL. You have a family. And I want to be like, guys, stay in your lane. Like stay on ESPN. You know, yeah. And, like it's weird. Um, Football jokes in a Santa movie is weird to me. And Tom Brady, it's so weird. And not only that, Tom Brady's doing a movie with like Sally Field and all these older actresses where they like go on a road trip to a football game or something. Oh, I don't gosh. remember the plot of it, but he's doing the first movie he's producing. Yeah. Stars as part him. of his production deal oh, is like gosh. him and Sally Field. And it's like, what? Oh. I do not need Sally Field wasting her time with Tom Brady. No. I'm sorry. And yeah, Giselle's right to be mad. Yeah. Good. I saw them once in New York. Well, I was I was staring at their baby, the most beautiful baby I've oh. ever seen. And I was crossing the street, staring at this baby in the stroller. And I was like, this is a beautiful little child. And then I walked right in between them. And it was Tom and Giselle. And they're enormous. Okay. Also stunning up close. You know, but... I don't think he's that... He's not that attracted to, attractive to me. Yeah. I think I used to think he was kind of cute. But late, the last time I saw him, I was like, oh, he does nothing for me. Yeah. Well, all. now he's like in... Oh, that's so strange know. about the but about the trailer. Like, I don't mean none of the Mannings or anyone in football, no. and to be the the highlight of the whole trailer. I like, have Jill Taylor in it. I know she should make an appearance. Yeah. you know who's going to be in it is Cal Penn, oh. who's an actor. I just interviewed him on my show, and I was like asking him all about it. Yeah, he's like, I think he's. Here's my theory on what happens in the third one, which I don't know, but I think like multiple people become Santa. So I think by the end of the series. Uh, this ever somebody write this down to see if I'm right by the end of it. But I think that by the end they'll have split the position up into a bunch of different men mm-hmm. or, and maybe even women or kids or whoever, but they'll split the job up and then they'll all take it. And so like the whole series, it'll be like, it's too much work for one person. And then Cal Penn will be a Santa and maybe Charlie will be a Santa or so, there'll be like a bunch of different Santas. And that's what I think is going to happen in the series. That's Teaching my, delegation. To children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah like, Maybe Peyton Manning will be one of the Santas. Like, yeah. I think they'll all just be a Santa. Yeah, I'm curious. I don't know. So mark my words. Somebody write that down. I'm so Crystal excited Ball. to see this. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. hope it's good. I really do. I hope it's good. At least it looks kind of like they got a budget, but this goes back to what we were talking about, those live action animated movies. Like the Disney plus movies are never good. They bamboozled me with that home alone one last year. Yeah. That made no sense. Which was like a a sequel reboot. Like it had the character of buzz in it, Mm -hmm. but it was the worst movie. They had a terrible, they used the score from the original, but they had an ugly ass house. Mm -hmm. We talked about this last year, but I was so pissed. So I, I want more for buzz. I'm down well, no, for Buzz to have. He's like got some trouble in real life. He, he does like domestic violence or something. Oh no! Yeah. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I take I'm that back. Out of I retract that yeah. statement. <laughs> Fuck Buzz. <laughs> I saw some article about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I hope I'm not making that up. I think I did <laughs> see an article about that. Isn't it hard? There's so much articles. It's like there how can is. we keep it all straight? Yeah. Like I did read once about Wendy Crewson in Bound, but mm-hmm. now I'm obviously wrong. But sometimes you read things and who knows where it comes from. It's hard to keep track of like. Who's canceled and why? But I know, I know. it is I hard. Like, I do like that Tim Allen. You're right. After getting out of jail, went on to have this like amazing career. And the Disney career. Someone at Disney was like, you know what? We have this rule, <laughs> but 
who cares? <laughs> I just, I'm like, you know what? Okay, yeah, I'm down. Second chances. It's a, this is it's the story sec- of second you know, chances. That's what, that's what we're here That's about. what Santa Claus um, is about, too. Yeah, second chances. <laughs> that's what this podcast is about. We're giving everyone second chances. And uh, just going back to second chances to wrap this up, Martin yeah. Short and Tim Allen, this was really, I believe, their second chance together because they did Jungle to Jungle together. Yes. Back in the day, 90s. Remember Jungle to Jungle? I like, that was fun. I don't remember it, but I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. I remember I remember the poster and the trailer, but I don't know anything that happened. That was such a time in the 90s. Remember there was Encino Man, Jungle to Jungle, and what was the, there was another one, like Indian in the Cupboard. I'm not saying jungles and Indians are the same. I'm just saying like there's like a tribal indigenous you know, cultures. Did you ever see Man of the House? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Farrah Fawcett. Wait. In Seattle. That was Just because we're talking about these kinds of 90s movies. And during my research, again, I know I said I was done with my research, but I had found a movie called The Shaggy Dog that Tim Allen did. Yes. I think it was 2006. And we're not covering, it's not a holiday film, but maybe one day we'll have to cover it because, and I've never seen it, but I watched the trailer. Jenna, I'm not kidding you. I've never seen something so shocking. Like I just, and I, I don't remember it from back in the day, but I just watched the trailer and I just want to, I encourage you all go watch the trailer. It's the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen. It's the, Tim uh, Allen acting like a dog. Yeah. There's an original. Have you seen the Robert Downey Jr.'s in it? I know that. Yeah. It's based on like the original show. Yeah. From um, 1959 with Fred McMurray. It's so good. I've never seen the Tim Allen one. Just watch the trailer. Okay. I'll watch it. <laughs> okay. So I mean, it's the most shocking thing I ever saw. <laughs> It's, I don't, it's, it was quite a year for him. It's a lot 2006. of, it's a lot of like somebody sniffing him on the elevator. And then when you really <laughs> think about it, you're like, well, wait, he turned on 50 million for a season nine of home improvement and then did the shaggy dog. Like, <laughs> what? and he was doing all these like crazy movies back then. Cause remember he did wild hogs, mm-hmm. which was like these biker dads, John Travolta, Martin Lawrence, Martin Lawrence. and um, yeah. someone else on wild bike dogs. and then shaggy dog. And- was Oh, yeah, John Travolta was in that. He's had an interesting career. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Jenna, okay, any other final thoughts before we let everyone go of the Santa Claus part one, two, and three recap? And we'll be back to do the Santa Clauses. Oh, yeah, we're coming I'm back. Watching that baby. Yeah, I feel like Tim Allen owes us one. He really yeah. does. And yeah. I don't ever want Tim Allen to stop doing Christmas stuff. Yeah. I hope he always... Oh, one more thing. Okay, yes. wait, everyone, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know we were just wrapping this up, but it was something I forgot, and I'd be remiss to not tell you. So the Santa Claus's trailer premiered at what was called D23, which is like the big conference for Disney where they announce all the things. So that was where they announced, uh, or they showed a trailer for Hocus Pocus 2 and the new Enchanted sequel oh, yes. and all these things. Anyway, so there's red carpet footage of Tim Allen with his daughter because his daughter in real life plays his daughter in the Santa Claus's series. And so they're asking on the red carpet him about the daughter getting the job. And this is one of my favorite things with celebrities, and it happens all the time. Tim Allen's trying to convince everyone that she got it because she's just really good. She he's auditioned like, blindly. Yes. Yeah. He's like, it's not an nepotism thing. He's like, I told them I'm staying out of it. Like, you guys audition her, and I'm staying out of it. Like, I'm not going to – whatever happens, happens. 
And they just keep saying like, oh, she was the best person to audition and all that kind of stuff. It's not nepotism, but it happens all the time. And you always see celebrities. And it's like, the fact that you even got that fucking audition is because she's your daughter. Yes. And of course, they probably felt pressured. The casting directors probably felt pressured to hire her as your daughter. I don't think she was just like such a good actress, Mm -hmm. but it was so funny in the interview. I don't know where it was or where I saw it, but that's another thing to look up because while you're watching the shaggy dog trailer. Yeah. um, I'm just now pulled up. I didn't realize he had kids. I get it. She looks like him. Yeah. Kind of. But I wonder if it's just because she can, you know, put up with his antics. Well, that was the kind know. of the yin and the yang, too, of in Home Improvement, he had three boys, and in real life, he has all girls. Ah, oh, okay. Which I think that's why I was so into Home Improvement, because I grew up in a f- household with three boys, and my dad was really into home or tools and Bob Vila and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So I felt like Bob a kinship Vila. with Home Improvement. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm curious to see how she is. But you're right. I wish that people, instead of denying nepotism, would just be like, Yes. Yeah, I'm so excited course. that my daughter's in this thing so I can keep an eye on her and whatever. Yeah, you know what and I mean? just say like, yeah, it makes Who sense cares? that she's my daughter because she's my daughter in real life. So yeah. we're able to have a good chemistry or whatever the fuck you want to Own say. It. But it was just Own so it. funny him trying to like twist himself like a pretzel to be like, well, I, I didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. She auditioned and she kept making it to the next round, next round, next round. And then they, the producers asked me and said, uh, what do you think about this? And I said, I'm keeping out of it because I don't want her to get the job because of me. And it's like, this is all bullshit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Big old bag of bullshit. Big old bag of bullshit. Yeah. Jenna. I love you so much. I love you so much. This is so fun. So we still have, I know, I'm so glad we're back to recapping Christmas movies, where I feel most at home. Best time of the year. It really is. Right. And we have so many more. We're going to be continuing the home improvement love, not only with the Santa Claus's recap, but also with I'll Be Home for Christmas starring JTT. Yes. (laughs) That's who we are now. We're a home improvement podcast. That's it. I'm going to do some deep diving onto JTT. I need to find out where he is. Yeah, yeah. He's, I know he's in hiding. Oh, he's, he's not on Instagram. Oh yeah, and um, Corey Matthews, Ben Savage, running is running for, for yeah city council. I think of West Hollywood. What the fuck is that? Yeah, I DM'd him and I was like, "You, you have our support. <laughs> I, <laughs> come on the podcast." Yes, we'll get to talk. Uh, I do worry. I do worry about. Um, what was I going to say? There was a Boy Meets World thing that I worried about. Oh, oh, this is what I want to say. I know we're wrapping up. But on the Boy Meets World podcast, they're getting themselves into too much trouble on it. Mm. And I feel like every I keep reading these articles because they're doing these episodes and then we're learning like horrible things about happening on set of Boy Meets World <sighs> and with the creator and all this stuff. I feel like every week they release a new podcast. There's a new article where it's like, this guy was an asshole to Topanga or like whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe we shouldn't be doing this recap podcast because it's now not good. Yeah. Because, or at least get a lawyer. Or leave or f- it to fans. Let yeah. the fans recap it like we're doing right now with Home Improvement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, leave it to us. <laughs> Our Home Improvement recap podcast. Jenna no, Al. No, Al. No, Al. That's the other one, too. Yeah. No, Al. Leon, but no, Al. Yeah. That's so great. Al was too involved in their lives, too, in that show. Anyway, uh, Jenna, where can people find you on social media? Oh, yeah. I'm at um, on the Insta at jenna.brister. And I'm at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok. Get my book, How Do I Unremember This? Follow this podcast's Instagram at A Very Merry Iconic Podcast on Instagram. That's where we announce all of the details of what movies we're recapping and all sorts of holiday content over there on the Instagram. So be sure to follow along there. And we'll be back. We're trying to do 
six to eight-ish episodes. We try to under-premise, mm-hmm. over-deliver, but that's oh, the yeah. goal. And we always try to get together throughout the year to do non-holiday movies, but we never do. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, we love you guys. And in the words of Jack Frost, chill. stay chill. Is that Wait, what he says? <laughs> wouldn't you love? I need a spinoff of the Martin Short Jack Frost character. <laughs> And the Arnold Schwarzenegger from Batman and Robin. Because every one of Arnold Schwarzenegger's lines in Batman and Robin, he played Mr. Freeze. Mm-hmm. He's, every one of his lines is like that, where it's like, just chill. Just right? chill. Just Stay freeze. cool. Yeah. We need to cut them together into like a minute and a yes. half. Okay, that's what we're doing. We're doing that. Yeah. We're doing it. Love you all so much. All right, Merry love Christmas. you. Bye, guys. Bye. 